0: This is the Internet Ballers Podcast, episode 96.
1: This is the Internet Ballers Podcast with your host, Michael Pasha, the show for internet entrepreneurs who want to learn how uncertainty and struggle turn into confidence and success. Welcome to the Ballers Circle.
0: Thanks for listening and welcome to the Baller Circle. I'm Michael Pasha, the host of the Internet Ballers Podcast. Today I'm happy to welcome Sarah Arginal to the Baller Circle. Sarah is the founder and CEO of Working Parents Resource and host of Working Parents Resource Podcast. Sarah helps burnt-out professional moms and dads live more deliberately in all areas of their lives so they can finally enjoy the experiences as working parents. She has a master's degree in counseling psychology, with an emphasis on marriage and family therapy and adult development and she 's a certified professional coach with more than twenty years of experience in psychotherapy coaching teaching program development consulting, and project management so i 'm happy to bring Sarah on the show because Sarah and I met a uh, a, a while ago uh, at a meetup group and she impressed me a lot because she was kind of in the beginning stages of of you know being a full time employee trying to side hustle her way into this Uh, Business that she was super passionate about. And now she has finally been able to uh, do something that so many people are looking to do, which is go full time with her business and leaving her job. So I want to talk to Sarah about how she uh, was able to do this, uh, this transition that so many people are looking to do and uh, all the different components that led up to that. But before we get into that, I want to know more about, uh, Sarah, how you grew up, and what life was like, and if there was anything in your background that kind of inspired you to want to be an entrepreneur in the first place. (laughs)
1: Um, Well, I was raised by entrepreneurs, um, but that actually drove me in the opposite direction. I I sort of rebelled, and I went straight into litigation. (laughs) I worked in law firms for most of my life, Um, and so I think it was probably part of my upbringing already. Like, I just, I saw my mom and my stepdad Um, building their business. They were business consultants in a small town in Northern California. Um, But I and then I was also homeschooled as well for about five years of my childhood. So I think that led to a lot of um, skills that I definitely utilize as an entrepreneur now, like being proactive and I'm pretty organized and independent. And I kind of, I put those skills to use, I think, as I'm building my business. I, you know, I'm, I, don't really look to everybody else for, you know, how to build my business. I, I look for advice and tools and techniques, but when it comes to making decisions, I think that's kind of ingrained in me just because of my childhood and because of my background. I just sort of know what works for me and I do it. Um, so that those have been some things that I think have helped a lot as I've been building my business.
0: Nice, nice. I like that. And I, you know, it's interesting because I've, I've kind of seen that as a running theme. A lot of people have either parents that were entrepreneurs that kind of paved the road for them. Because I feel like then it becomes like I see someone that I know that I don't think is, you know, is, is obviously a great person, but they're not untouchable. Right. And they've done it. So therefore, yeah. clearly, I can do the same thing. Uh, and I feel yeah. like the problem for so many people is they see entrepreneurs as these untouchable, you know, uh, characters that uh, they have no idea how to be how to emulate. Um, and when you have an image of someone that you know how to follow and that you can see, like, this is a touchable individual and I can, I can be just like them, it's, it, I think it helps a lot. So that's cool that that's, that's a significant part of your background. Uh, and I'm also interested to know, like, it seemed like for you in particular, at least initially, it pushed you away from entrepreneurship. It made you not want to be an entrepreneur. So what, <laughs> what kind of happened there? Why, why did it push you away from entrepreneurship? Was it just the, the struggle you saw your parents going going through?
1: Yeah, it just felt so unstable to me, um, and I, I, my mom and my stepdad, um, I, that's who I grew up with most of the time, but then I, my father lived in Cincinnati, Ohio, um, so I kind of had these two childhoods growing up um, simultaneously. And my dad worked for a large consulting company in Ohio and he traveled the world and he had a stable paycheck and he, you know, kind of knew everything he was doing day to day. He, you know, he just had a, it was all very stable. And then with my mom and my stepdad, they were always kind of hustling for business. They were coming up with new ideas. They were being creative and, you know, doing all different things. But to me, it felt a lot less secure and a lot less stable. Hmm. So as I was growing up, I think I, um, rebelled against that a little bit, and I again, I kind of went into the like most stable field I could think of at the time, which was law, um, and then therapy after that. Um, but I think that yeah, like just kind of growing up, I wasn't sure if that was you know, I, I didn't want that life actually. Like I I knew pretty clearly, uh, no, I want to go be a normal person, um, and that was just sort of important to me anyway. I had a pretty different childhood. I uh, we spent a lot of time traveling. Um and as an adult it sounds great but as a kid I really didn't like it at all. Um we were we lived on a sailboat for many weeks out of the year. Um, we kind of were traveling all up and down the coast of California. We would go to different places and I, and I was in homeschool again. So I just, I had a really different childhood and I really craved just being like everybody else. Um, which now as an adult, I can look back and think, wow, it was a very cool experience. But (laughs) back then, as I was making these long-term decisions about my career and my life, I decided to go in the opposite direction. Right,
0: right. Cool. Yeah, you know it's interesting because when I was in college, uh, I planned this uh, speaker series at my university and brought in a lot of different people. And one of the uh, um, the guys that I brought in, he uh, he had his own business. He was a financial advisor. He decided to leave a, a big financial firm that he was working at to start his own business. And I asked him about you know the fears of starting uh, and of starting your own business and the risk associated with it. And he said that he thought and the reason why he went out on his own is he felt like he it was more risky uh, having a job than being an entrepreneur because he was like when you have your own company at least you know when the ceiling's falling right you know when the sky is falling <laughs> um when you work at a hey, company it, when you work at a company they're going to tell you everything's fine until the last day when you get a pink slip and you find out you no longer have a job um yep and so for him he just had you know he kind of put a different pers- spin on that and i was like okay that's that's interesting how you know you can you know one person sees the risk as uh, I don't have. I might not have a stable paycheck, and it's and it's all on my shoulders. And another person sees the risk as well. It's all on this other person's shoulders, and if they screw up, they're not going to tell me until the last minute, <laughs> and I and I won't have any uh, any any prep time to uh, to find something else that works. Um, so
1: I'm yeah, curious. Yeah, actually. That's what ultimately made me decide to go into business this time Um, was I I, somebody said that same thing to me was actually it seems a lot riskier to be an employee in a company these days, Um, just with the economy the way that it is and all of that. And that was the first, you know, kind of shift in mindset that I had, which allowed me to start the business that I started (laughs) finally, because I realized that's true, actually, I think we you probably do have a little bit more security and st- stability and control over your life when you're the one who's running the show.
0: Right, right, right. Interesting. So, I you know, I, the fascinating thing for you is I you know, you have this great uh business now helping uh working moms and dads. Um how did you decide? I mean, I, I, I my assumption is that, you know, since you have a background in, you know, marriage and family counseling and and, uh, and that that maybe is part of the reason but how did you I guess figure out who your audience was and the niche that you wanted to build and like this was the business idea amongst you know all the other possible things you could have done as a business
1: yeah I, I came into entrepreneurship not really wanting to be an entrepreneur but instead two things number one I couldn't find another way to educate parents and to consult with parents, to work with parents. Um, Nothing else existed out there. There was therapy and there was coaching, but what I'm doing is a little bit different. It's sort of blending both of those backgrounds, but also my project management experience and my consulting that I've done in law firms. And there wasn't really a model out there. There wasn't a job out there I could get to do it. And I think at the time, if I had found a job doing that, I probably would have gone and done that. Um, But you know, I, I wasn't out looking just to become an entrepreneur, but then the other thing too, is I, you know, now that I'm a mom myself and I'm married and I'm older, I like, there's a lot, I'm, I'm used to having freedom and flexibility. And I would, I wanted that back, you know, now that I want to spend more time with my kids and kind of have more control over my schedule, that really appealed to me. So when I started my business, um, I was looking into a lot of different options. Um, I was thinking maybe I'll just you know, offer a class here and there or maybe I'll just start a blog or um, maybe every once in a while I'll do a workshop or something, become a speaker. Like I had all these different ideas, but the way that my business started was I just started a website one day. I had a lot of friends of mine who were asking me, you know, how are you balancing it all? You have this really demanding career in the legal field. You have a three hour commute you and your husband both work a lot of hours. You, you know, spend time with your son. You seem really happy. You seem engaged. Um, and it wasn't like that when I was first a mom. So it, it kind of evolved into that over, you know, a period of months or years. And so I had friends reaching out and asking me, well, do you have any resources on this? Can you do, you, you know, and I, I just like to research and read on these, these topics anyway. So they would ask me what I, you know, if I could recommend something or if I had any tips for, you know, a certain challenge that they were going through. So that's why I started the Working Parent Resource to begin with, was just sort of as a repository for the things that I was finding to be helpful as a working parent. And then from there, I started a blog to talk about some of the topics and the common questions that were coming up. And from there, um, I started thinking about, okay, maybe I can make this a business. You know, is this something that I want to do? Do I want to put that energy into it? And it was at about that time when my husband and I moved away from the San Francisco Bay Area down to San Diego. We were kind of asking ourselves, you know, what do we want our lives to look like? And that's when I started Working Parent Resource sort of as a business. And so I uh, created an online course. And from there, I've just kind of I dove into this whole online, you know, business thing, and have been sort of finding my way ever since. So I always knew I wanted to work with working parents. It was something that, you know, that was the impetus for it, building a business. It wasn't necessarily to escape my job, which I really enjoyed at the time. You know, the, the, I kind of came into this in a bit of a different way than a lot of people that I talk to.
0: Right, right. That's cool. I like that. Uh, and it's, and I think you're, you, you definitely found a group that is in great need of your uh, your help, and it's interesting that like you know, really, you just kind of, you know, found solutions for your own problems, and and your solutions were so helpful that other people who you know saw you and saw the success you had with your family and the way you balance things were asking you questions, and I find that so many successful entrepreneurs, that's kind of how things start. It's like I wasn't even trying to start a business; I just had you know, people asking me questions. And I was like, well, let me answer these questions. And then I realized, hey, I can, I like doing this. I like answering these questions. I like helping people. And there's an opportunity there, you know, there's an opportunity to actually um, make, you know, make an income doing what I love and helping the people that I want to help. Um, So that's that's super cool. So I'm curious, like, so once you decide, okay, I'm going to do this, I'm going to turn this into a business. What were the components that you had to, I guess, put together to, to really monetize this? Because I'm sure there's you know, I, you know, people out there who are thinking, like, I have something you now people ask me questions about, but how do I monetize it? How do I make, make money? Like, how did, you, did, did did that question come up to you at some point, and, and what were the answers that, I guess, were there some things you tried that didn't work out? Did you have to kind of play around with different things how so you figured out what was actually going to work?
1: Oh yeah. And I'm still doing that (laughs) to this day. Um, but yeah, in the beginning I, I knew I didn't want to monetize right away. I kind of was just figuring out a lot of the online business stuff. Um, because I, I got my certification as a coach back in 2005 and I started a coaching business back then. So about 10 years ago, and that was just before Facebook and all of the online internet marketing stuff started. Um, so it was a very different prospect And so when I started this business, I realized, wow, okay, there's this huge opportunity, but it's also so much information. You know, there's so much to learn in terms of how to maximize this. So I started listening to podcasts pretty much all day, every day at my job. (laughs) Um, You know, when I could, I, I was listening to podcasts when I was commuting, when I was cleaning, when I was exercising. I just started taking in information. And in the meantime, I was also compiling my resources. I was building my blog. I was just sort of studying and, and learning. And then I'd say about six months into that, I realized I was creating all of this content. People were starting to take it in. I think I created a Facebook group around there to start kind of a little bit of a focus group and to start communicating with people more than, you know, just my immediate network of Um, professionals and friends and things that were asking me questions. Um, So I just started to expand my network a little bit. And that was about the time I think that was, you know, this was a couple years ago now. And that was right at the height of the create an online online course, you know, craze. So I thought that's a perfect idea for me, because I was working a lot of hours still, I had my family. Um, At the time, my husband and I, We're going through fertility treatments, and we ended up getting pregnant with our now second little boy. Um, So in the middle of building this business, I had a lot of other things going on. So I knew I could be a coach. I had done that before. I knew I could offer, you know, classes. I could do all sorts of different things. But the online course road seemed to be the best um, way to leverage my time, which I had very little of, and to make more money more quickly. Um, that was kind of my, my plan and my goal. Um, but it also helped me at the time solidify my framework and, you know, kind of the things that I wanted to teach because I have experience in all different areas and child development and parenting and relationships and marriage, time management and productivity, self-care, self-development, mindfulness, like all sorts of areas that I blend together now in my consulting, um, which I do one-on-one now. But at the time when I was, you know, trying to figure out how I could help people most, doing one-on-one coaching or consulting was not really something that I felt like I could do well because of my limited time. So um, at the time, I went with online course, um, and I stuck with that because I was kind of the advice <laughs> was stick with it, you know, promote it a different way, change your messaging. Um, I didn't. I kind of did the minimal minimum viable product where it was. I, it was a good course, but it it wasn't, like, the very best. I wanted to get more feedback from people before I tweaked it too much. But it was really hard for me to get people to, I think, uh, to join the course. So that was one of the challenges that I had was I – on the one hand, I created it, but then it was really hard to promote it. Um, and for a number of reasons. One was, um, that I got pregnant right after I launched it. So there was a big part of me that didn't want to get a lot of people involved in the course because I knew I didn't have a lot of energy or time to manage that. Um, so there was a lot of, um, kind of going back and forth and trying to decide whether to double down on that or whether to kind of pull it and do other things. And it wasn't until I quit my full-time job where I um, started doing more one-on-one work and um, one-on-one consulting. And I, I sort of shifted my focus from the course to working one-on-one only. And that's what I'm doing now. And, and it's also, I also got feedback from people too, that they wanted more of a, unique and customized solution too. So the course just like, it was kind of my first idea in jumping into monetizing my business, but it, and I, I got a few clients, but it wasn't something that was, you know, I, I wasn't making six figure launches or anything like that. So it was more of a gradual process for me to, to find not only, um, you know, I, I knew I wanted to work with working parents, but they, I still had to niche down a bit to find the people who were, you know, in a place where they wanted help and the kind of help that I was offering. And then I also had to find the right product fit for them. I had to figure out what it was that they were looking for and what they would be willing to pay for. And so that was kind of the process over the last maybe year and a half or so um, of just kind of refining all of that stuff for myself.
0: Okay. Okay, cool. So you, you talked about a couple things here that I kind of want to dig into a little bit deeper. Uh, you know, one of those things was was growing the audience and really, I guess, getting this um, you know your 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 course and your services in front of people what were you doing um, to to try to get the message out there uh, and what I guess what worked and what didn't work?
1: The first thing I did was I was on Facebook just as a user myself and I know that that's where a lot of the Facebook advertising was so I just decided to focus on that one platform. So I created my own, um, group. And then I also was a member of other groups of mostly moms. Um, some of them were working moms. A lot of them were entrepreneurial moms. Cause that's what I was going through. Um, so I got a lot of information and feedback and, um, I mean, that alone was just, you know, 100% a hundred percent of focus group. So I, I learned a lot about what people wanted, what people needed, what their frustrations were, what their needs were, what they were willing to pay for, what they weren't, you know, what they didn't think was important enough to pay for, um, how much they would pay for things. All of those questions, you know, I started getting answers to those questions. Um, and, and mostly it was in Facebook groups. Um, and then a year ago I started my own podcast, um, working parent resource podcast And that helped me um, get to know a lot of other influencers and people in my industry. And so that kind of widened my, um, my scope, but also my network and my relationships. Um, So from there, I started really focusing more on the people that I was meeting. Um, At first, it was kind of just online, you know, usernames. (laughs) And then from there, I really started building relationships with a lot of people. And that to me has been the thing that's solidified my traction. Um, and, and not only with influencers and, you know, people I've had as guests on my show, but also, um, other people I've, I've done coffee chats with a lot of people. I, I put myself out there to do, um, networking meetings, but not to network, just to get to know people, you know, just to talk to people and hear what they're doing and ask how I can support them. And I, got very strategic about that. And I started talking to people who are serving the same audience that I am serving. And, you know, that's again, kind of been evolving over time, but as I refined my audience, I would talk to other people who are also serving a similar audience and doing different things. And we would talk about how we could collaborate and how we could, um, you know, work together to serve both of our audiences better. So those are the things that I started focusing on more both online and offline. Um, and that's where a lot more of the, you know, uh, the traction and the, um, the evolution of my business has really happened.
0: Okay, nice. So uh, the other thing you, you talked about that I thought was interesting is um, you were talking about trying to figure out who the, I guess the right, niche of the niche is, right? Those those target yeah. people to really focus on. Uh, how, how did you figure that out? And what, what were you, I guess, who were you originally focused on that you had to pivot away from and what ended up being the, the real, uh, I guess, ideal niche for you?
1: Well, I just started so broad, <laughs> just while working parents. <laughs> um, and at the time, I, I wanted to start broad because I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what people are, you know, I know what I'm struggling with. I know what, you know, kind of my close friends are struggling with. Um, And that's, these are people that I really want to help because I believe strongly that, you know, working parents are under a lot of pressure, especially within that first five to 10 years or so of being parents while also juggling a job. And that's when, marriages fall apart. And that's when kids are really solidifying who they are as people, you know, that's a really critical time. And I don't see a lot of people getting a lot of support or help during that phase. So I always knew that that's who I wanted to help, but I just started out with all working parents. And so because I was in a lot of entrepreneurial mom groups, I heard a lot of people in those circles talking, but then I was also in corporate America and I was hearing a lot of those people talking. So I was, I was kind of trying to figure out, well, should I you know, refine this to be, you know, a specific type of working parent. Um, A lot of people were giving me advice because I'd been in the legal industry for a long time that I should focus specifically on lawyers. So I probably spent, I'd say about six months doing a lot of research and talking to the people, to people in the legal industry that I knew and asking them, you know, okay, what are your biggest challenges and struggles and how, you know, what are you looking for? And a wall that I kept hitting when I was trying to refine the niche down to that, to that level was that a lot of people in the legal industry aren't really looking for help. You know, they kind of just accepted that that's part of the, you know, it's part of the job description is to be stressed out and overwhelmed and, you know, always kind of in that frantic pace. Um, So a lot of what I was offering, I felt like You know, I was it was a lot of trial and error in terms of, well, I don't necessarily I don't want to push people. I don't want to try and get them to think that what I'm doing is worthwhile. I really I just want to meet the people who do think that this is helpful and who are asking for help and, you know, actually looking for help, um, who are kind of at that key point Where they're, you know, desperate enough to go searching for a solution and are ready and willing to actually make changes in their life. Because what I do is it's pretty personal and it takes a lot of work. So, you know, I can't really, I guess I was having trouble talking to working parents who just kind of wanted to complain or, you know, were just okay with the status quo, even if they were really burned out and overwhelmed. So it was kind of finding it to me, I was at first looking for a niche based on demographics. And I think that part of that is important. But for me, what it ultimately came down to was where are they at on that spectrum of, you know, their problem itself? Like how upset about this problem are they? And I need to find the people who are really upset and ready to find a solution. Like they have had it with where they're at and then meet them there. Um, so that's kind of where I've, I've, you know, that's a lot of what I was focusing on probably over the last year or so.
0: Okay, cool. Now, I, the other thing that you talked about that I thought was fascinating is that you're working now with one, people one-on-one, which seems mm-hmm. like the opposite direction that most people go. They kind of, yep. I, I, most people I hear, they, <laughs> they start out with one-on-one and they're like, I'm too overwhelmed. I need to figure out how to leverage this. Let me, let me start a group coaching thing or let me start a course. But you started the course and went back to one-on-one. So, um, did, yes. <laughs> what, what, I guess, what didn't, uh, what did you not like about the, the, was the course just not hands-on enough? Like you couldn't, you couldn't, uh, customize it enough.
1: A couple of different things. Number one, yes, it, it's very, um, I think it's really hard to customize a solution just based on what I'm doing. You know, I think that, um, there are a lot of things where it's just, it's more instructional and people can do things on their own and they can just get, you know, advice here and there, support here and there. But for me, I was, I was finding that everybody I talked to, you know, one of my big things that I'm offering people is more of a big picture look at an overwhelming life. And one of the things I've discovered over the years is that you can't really just fix time management and then everything in your life gets better. Um, or if you're struggling in your marriage, if you go and just solve that one symptom that you're looking at, it's not you know, you're not looking at your life as a whole, and that's who I really wanted to work with. we people who are feeling like I have all these different pieces of my life, and nothing is fitting the way that I want it to fit. So when people came to me, they were all coming to me in very for di- very different reasons. Some people were, you know, exhausted because they were working too much. Other people were having trouble with their kids and with discipline. You know, there were all different things that. And, you know, instigated people reaching out for help. And then when we looked at it, it was kind of their life as a whole didn't have the structure and didn't have the purpose and, you know, intention that they wanted it to have. And so from there, we started drilling down into each of the different areas of their life. But that was a really hard thing to replicate over and over again in a course and, and put on autopilot and kind of send off to people. So when I built the course, I knew, you know, this may or may not be the thing that I end up doing, but it, right now this is what I feel like I can do with all the other things that I've got going on. And I also knew at the time that I could use it as an asset if I needed to. Um, you know, I could break it down and just have individual exercises or, you know, things I could use as one-on-one, or I could create a mastermind group with this much more hands-on. I knew I could kind of adapt it um, going forward. And I knew I also wanted to wait to do one-on-one until I had more time to dedicate to people and really give them the service that I wanted to give them. So, and that's what ultimately happened was I, I got some more time. So I decided to open up my schedule and just refocus all of my energy on helping people one-on-one. And for that reason, I'm, I'm helping fewer people monetarily, I guess, you know, the people who pay me get high level, help and support I and mean, custom support and we dive in deep, but then I do so many things that people can, you know, take advantage of for free. Um, so I, I felt much better about that.
0: Nice. Okay. Well, awesome. Sarah I'm really glad that you finally figured out something that works for you. You were able to do, you know, like we discussed before, going from high uh, side hustling your way into being able to finally serve clients in the way that you love to serve them and do it full time. Um, so your, your story is super inspiring and I'm really glad to have you on the show. Uh, and I want to know before we close out, how can the baller circle get in touch with you and learn more about your, your business and the services you offer?
1: I'm at workingparentresource.com and that's kind of my hub. That's where everything I offer is. We have a free challenge going on right now called the deliberate life challenge that talks about all the different areas of your life and how you can improve that kind of over time. And I have my podcast that people can listen to and download. Um, I have my services there. Everything is kind of all in one place.
0: Okay, cool. Awesome. Well, Sarah, thanks a lot for coming on the show. I really appreciate it and uh, have a great day. Thanks. You too. Thanks for being awesome and joining us on another episode of the Internet Ballers podcast. Be sure to listen next week where I'll be sharing another story of yet another inspiring Internet Baller. In the meantime, you can check out the blog post for this episode as well as listen to other episodes of the Internet Ballers podcast at www.internetballers.com. Again, I'm Michael Pasha, and happy marketing.
1: Thanks for listening to the Internet Ballers podcast. Through our guest stories, you will learn the path to go from struggling entrepreneur to Internet Baller. We'll see you on the next episode.